0: Welcome to Episode 8 of the Geek Therapy Podcast. I'm your host, Josue Cardona. Um, today we're going to talk about a great way to use technology to make people's lives a lot better. Uh, I saw an excerpt from a documentary called Alive Inside, where I saw a man completely transformed in this video by the simple act of playing his favorite music. And with me today to talk a little bit more about this um, is the Executive Director of Music and Memory, Mr. Dan Cohen. Uh, welcome, Dan, and thank you so much for being here. Well, my, my pleasure.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Um, so the, the video that I'm referring to is the video of Henry that's um, currently on your website. It's, I haven't seen the whole documentary. I haven't been able to, but I just saw that excerpt. Um, could you talk to us a little bit about um, what exactly it is that we're seeing there and then what it is that um, your organization is doing?
1: Okay. Well, that, that video is um, a six-minute video clip of uh, a gentleman who lives in a nursing home, has Alzheimer's, and uh, pretty much had always, for years, just sort of sat in his chair with his head down. Um, But when he he set him up with um, an iPod loaded with his uh, favorite music from when he was young, he uh, really woke up to the music. um, And he uh, awakened and started singing the song and would would talk about his life when he was young. You know, it's totally unexpected uh, to the people around him. Uh, You know, this is the kind of thing where... People ask him questions. They say, no, you just ask him a yes or no question, and maybe you will get an answer. Um, and so here he is really having a, a real conversation, talking uh, about his life when he was young and how he loved the music and how it was such a great thing. Um, and so what we do as um, a nonprofit, Music in Memory, is really promote this concept of using uh, iPods to uh, take what, you know, a lot of people know works already. I mean, music, people know when they visit someone with Alzheimer's, and with Alzheimer's, you know, you no longer may recognize your family members, you stop speaking, um, but with, you know, when people hear music that they know when they were 10, 15, 20 years old, um, they uh, they can connect with them. Sort of Music memory is deeply embedded in our neural networks, and as a result, it's possible to uh, sort of avoid the, the ravages of, of Alzheimer's in that way. So music memory is not too affect... But music and memory, we're trying to... Uh, we have thousands of people actually now in nursing homes that are, that have iPods and people are helping them with them, you know, of course, uh, when needed. Um, and not just for those with Alzheimer's. It's half the people approximately in nursing homes have some sort of cognitive impairment, which is Alzheimer's. But the other half cognitively are fine, but just have physical issues. and not just, they do have physical issues. And so the music is great for, uh, reducing depression and, and, and improving mood and, and, and behavior and reducing education. Um, and so it makes for sort of a, a happier uh, individual.
0: So how did this start? I mean, did you have someone who, who you know, who had Alzheimer's or they already had an iPod or, or were they listening to their favorite music and you saw a difference in them? How did the whole idea come about?
1: Sure. You know, I mean, I had no special experience with, I am a, a social worker, uh, although I spent most of my life, most of my career in technology companies, um, and, uh, you know, i been to nursing homes or hospitals, and they they all seem to be kind of sad places. People are sitting around doing nothing most of the time. Uh, But I'd hear on the radio uh, six years ago that iPods are ubiquitous. They're everywhere. And I said, well, you know, I can't be. I mean, in a nursing home, I'm sure that's not true. And if I'm ever (laughs) in a nursing home, uh, I'd want to be able to bring my iPod with me. And, you know, would I be able to? And are people allowed to have their own music? And so I Googled uh, iPods in nursing homes. And uh, even though there are 16,000 nursing homes in the U.S., um, I couldn't find one that was using an iPod. So I called. I live on Long Island. I called the local county nursing home. And I said, I know music's already your number one activity. You have live music. You have you know music playing all the time as a group. Uh, But can we see if there's any added value to totally personalize the music? Uh, They said, sure, come in. So I I did. I came in with my laptop and some iPods. And, uh, and it was an instant and definitive hit with the with the residents. They loved the idea of having uh, really sort of a personal tooth box in the palm of their hand, right? A novel concept event, um, and and it really worked. And uh, at first, when I did it, I, I just wasn't working with anybody with dementia. In fact, I had no idea that that was even going to work. Um, and, uh, and then, in time, people would tell me, "Gee, you should really try this with people with dementia. That music does help." Um, and so uh, we did just that. Um, and we uh, connected with, uh, with Dr. Tony Tonino, who uh, runs the Institute for Music and Neurologic Function in New York, uh, sort of the global expert on music and health and the brain. Um, and um, so I learned that this was really a very, uh, very effective not only for helping engage people and awaken them, but with Alzheimer's, one of the big downsides and the number one reason why families with uh, Alzheimer's in their family Send someone off to a nursing home is because the behaviors, they get so agitated, they just can't be controlled and it's difficult at home. So um, this helps drastically reduce agitation, calms people down. Uh, So it's a big win on on multiple levels for families.
0: Yeah, and if anybody hasn't seen that video, they they need to see it. Um, It's absolutely amazing when you see Henry. um, He literally transforms when you play his personal, his favorite music. And and I think that's really the point. You talked about the personalized experience. You know, in, in my clinical work, I'm always talking about how you know who is the client. You you wanna you wanna address the things that they like. What are they passionate about? What do they care about? And something so simple as giving one person a personalized playlist with their favorite music from their youth makes the the biggest difference in the world.
1: You know, it's it's funny. What well, a couple of things. The, uh when I started doing this, when I got this great reaction from the residents of nursing homes, I when I'd explain it to my friends or, or family or people, you know, this is great, and they'd say, yeah, sure, you know, music's good, you know, every, of course. you know, And it wouldn't really resonate. I wasn't able to communicate the, the depth and the intensity of the response of people. Um, and I think that's because we're all our own experts on music. You know, it's hard to tell us um, about things around music that we haven't experienced ourselves or we have to some extent um, and so that's when I was uh, lucky enough to get a filmmaker. I said, Can just do a couple of minutes worth of filming of this so I could show people exactly what's going on. And uh, with that, um, and, and I had this film, and it was uh, ended up being you know, five or six minutes, and I would show it around as I'd speak to community groups. Uh, but I wouldn't get more than, let's say, 300 hits a month on my website. But then one day in April, um, in the middle of the night, some kid sort of retitled it, This Is Us in 70 years and and then before i knew it it was on the homepage of reddit.com and and by morning there were 120,000 views and so as of now it's about 7.3 million views so it's created and that's unlike any any alzheimer's or dementia video anywhere on youtube ever um, and so it really struck a response it unintended um in the public people are just so Frustrated. Alzheimer's is such a, a tough disease. It's all bad news. It is a terminal illness. There's no escape. Uh, so for anything that helps uh, improve someone's life and and helps them feel better, um, it's 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 a massive uh, win. Um, I'd also add that you know there are drugs for Alzheimer's that help a little bit. Sort of it's noticeable but not a lot. Uh, something called Aricept and it helps memory a little bit, and at fifteen percent for a while. But it really is not not a big deal thing. But they these scientists that invented uh, this class of drugs uh, says that, you know, if we saw the, the full documentary, which is unfinished, but we have been screening it to universities and conferences. Um, and he was, the neuroscientist was uh, asked after the movie on a panel, uh, will tell us about music in the brain. He goes, no, oh, wait a minute. Uh, music, uh, this, what you're accomplishing here with music, medicine does not, can't do. And so, um, you know, this, is, this is where the power
0: of this is yeah it's it's amazing what you went back and said um about the, the the young person who said that that's us in in seventy years, I think that may be true that um it may be easier for us to maybe we will all have iPad iPods then right because we have them now but um our our elder population right now they didn't grow up on technology and very few of them have a cell phone or an iPod or anything like that. Um, so, so really, it's up to organizations like yours and and clinicians and and staff to really put that into their into the hands of these of these people and and expose them to this technology and and give them the music and that personalized experience.
1: Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. I mean, today, yes. I mean, so people who are 80 now. I mean, you know, like me. I mean, I had my record collection. I mean, now I have it on iPod. But old people, yeah, they have their record collections, and you, you can't bring stuff into a nursing home. You got to leave everything behind. And so, yeah, that's a very good point. We will be ready as long as the nursing home. So what happens Allows now? It. Well, and that's right. Because what happens now, unfortunately, people hear about this concept and they say, okay, I'm going to do this with my mom or my grandma or my grandmother. And they come in and, uh, they say the iPod. It's great. It works with their loved one. And then, um, then when we say to the staff, Oh, could you do this while well, I'm not here? I won't be here for a week or two. All, no, 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 no. It'll get lost. So. Therefore, nothing gets done the rest of the time. <laughs> you have to be there, um, and so this is what Music and Memory, as an organization, we are focused on uh, helping the institution change its policies and procedures, and helping them understand the benefits and and give them sort of best practice of the you know the fifty plus nursing homes that are doing this uh, around the U.S. and Canada. That um, it is a big win for them once it's in, you know once it's uh, uh, rolled out. Um, it actually helps staff because, uh, staff are, are able to get their, their work done with residents, get them dressed, get them bathed. People are less resistant to, to care. And so it uh, helps them be more efficient. And of course because the staff has been working with the patients or residents for months and years. They, they know them, they love them. And it's, they feel real good when, uh, when people they're working with are also feeling much better and more cooperative and more happy, more
0: happier. Yeah. Um, from the feedback that you've been getting have you ever found um, anyone to be uh, or any part of these populations to be tech adverse like they don't they don't want that thing on their head or or they don't want to deal with that little gadget anything like that
1: well yeah this is how it uh, how it goes sometimes for someone with Alzheimer's if you just put the headphone on their head they don't know what it is and they may just they may sit with it comfortably let it go on or they may just knock it right off not knowing what it is what are you doing um, but what we what the uh, nursing homes does learn to do is they'll play the music but say without any headphones and then maybe put it on the headphone and just hold the headphone near the ear not even touching and then they hear the music oh this is great and then they touch the headphone to the ear you know one headphone and they oh listen to this oh the headphones associated with, with, the, with the music and in time inside of two or three weeks before you know it the headphones are on for an hour and a half at a time no problem so they get acclimated to the headphone they actually learn that the music and the headphones are associated with each other and so we much rather them use headphones as opposed to speakers, because in a in a in an institution where there's a lot of noise, um, with Alzheimer's you can't distinguish the music, you can't filter out as the rest of us can other background noise. So you really want to um, make it so that direct input into sort of their emotional system um, with this music. If it's at home and it's quiet, I mean that's fine to have a speakers. Um, but in a nursing home, you're really whether somebody else in the uh, you're sharing a room, the TV's on, you know, it, it's really uh, difficult for some of it outside. So there, there are no adverse effects. I mean, that's the bottom line. If somebody doesn't like the song, you know, if you pick the wrong song, well, they're going to react the way you or I would react if somebody put music we didn't like on. I don't like it. And, yeah. And
0: yeah, uh, yeah.
1: so the trick is that's the biggest challenge of this, actually, is, is really learning the, the music they really love. I mean, if I were to ask you or any of your listeners, would think about well, what their favorite genre of music is, you know, because the nursing homes, they figure, oh, they're from the forties, give them big band. Well, it's because I'm from the I love sixties music. Well, you know, it doesn't mean you can just put on anything and I love it. You know, it's uh, and and even within different artists uh, or bands or groups, there's some songs I really want to hear and others maybe I heard so many times I don't want to hear anymore. So uh, it, it really varies a lot, and that's that's the challenge.
0: So, so what is that like? Do you... Um if you have a, a patient with dementia or Alzheimer's, um, do, you, do you interview them, you interview their family to find out what kind of music they like or they liked when they were younger? Exactly,
1: yes. We'll definitely uh, speak with uh, family members and say, uh, gee, were they in a choir? Did they like musicals? Or what records did they have at home? Or did they sing? Did you guys sing? No. What holidays did they sing at? Um, you know, that kind of um, little bit of research. But the, the challenge is that half the people in nursing homes never get a visitor. So either they're old and the people around them have died away or not around or they're constated somewhere else um, or, or, or relatives have stopped visiting them for some reason. So it's, it can be it can be difficult. Um, and there are ways to figure out what music they like, sort of with trial and error over time. Um, and that's, that's what we do.
0: That's that has to be such a fascinating um, trial and error research period to to see the different reactions to music because um, other than the Henry video I also saw the other video on your site the Gil and Denise video I mean uh, Denise she, she you know they mentioned that she always uses a walker and she listens to her music it sounds like salsa music in the video and she pushes her walker away and she starts dancing yeah. um, it's 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 amazing I can't imagine that trial and error period where you're trying different music and then you get to that one song that really has a such a positive effect and a, a great reaction
1: you know, we're all sort of wired for music, in a sense, and, um, you know, in, in Canada, we're, we're sort of tried, trying to track the impact of this in different ways, and in Canada, there's a, something called the Atlantic Institute on Aging, and they've been tracking the three specific nursing homes that are, that have, that are using the iPods, and they're, they're, they're um, trying to test the impact. So, you know, I asked them, just how would you sum up for the general public, you know, what you're finding, and they said three things, basically. One, people who are uh, not very talkative are more verbal. Uh, secondly, people who don't move around a lot are more physically active, get going. Um, and three, people who are depressed are happier. So, I mean, geez, you know, we spend a lot of money on antidepressants and we spend a lot of money on uh, antipsychotic drugs for old people to calm them down. Um, and uh, boy, the question is, to what degree can we help them uh, with music uh, as opposed to you know trying to drug people and, and, and drugs although you know clearly very often they are needed certain types of drugs are, are you know it's generally agreed or overused and so we want to find that right balance of um and maybe complementing first let's try the music with someone who is really agitated and let's see how calm we can get them and maybe we don't need any uh drugs to calm them down further um, or maybe we need a little bit, but instead of a lot. So that's a that, that would be a really big win uh for the individual, the family, the staff and society because we're really we we don't want to be using drugs on everybody, um, you know,
0: if it's not needed. Yeah, of course. So is there is there anything um, that if like if people really, really like this concept or this idea, um, and they wanna institute it into their into their nursing home or at home? Um, what kind of resources do you have available for them?
1: Well, I'd say they should visit the uh, Music and Memory website. at musicandmemory.org, um, and we do have information how to do this at home. And we for sure will send people an um, information, and we're we're, we're beefing that up um, over time as we learn more. So the, at home, it's kind of easy. You know, whatever device, MP3 player, iPod doesn't matter. Um, and we'll set it up, we'll get the right music, and then figure out. Who's going to be putting it on and off or, you know, who's going to help manage it? It's very difficult for old people to even manage, you know, turn these things on or off. The button might be too small. They can't see them. it's uh, the, you know, the screen on there and it's tough. Um, so you, that, that, that'll be a, a challenging part unless somebody else can operate it at certain times of the day if they have uh, some sort of uh, outside uh, nursing or caretaking help or just family members. Um, so it's, it's a great thing for the family to gather around and do. It, it really gives us a, a very empowering, uh, kind of approach. Um, in nursing homes, it's a little bit different. Um, it, the, um, MP3 players really don't work so well. It's not that they don't work as an MP3 player. Uh, but for instance, when I get donated MP3 players, and if I get 10 MP3 players, everyone is a different model and manufacturer, and, and if a nurse has 10 beds they're attending to, and ten different MP3 players, and they all have different on/off switches. Uh, they just uh, in fact they said, "Hey, I can't do this. Um, this is not my uh, it, it's too complicated. I can't figure them all out." Um, so they're, they're, you know, that the other major thing is, in nursing home. They take a lot of because uh, they hit the floor. The hard floors a lot, and uh, and MP3 players tend to not be built uh, the sort of to industrial strength. and when they hit the floor, they um, Break at a a much higher rate than the iPod shuffles do. It's really the iPod shuffles that we use. Any old one, new ones, they're all they're all pretty good. Um, So you know those. And the other thing with nursing homes uh, is nursing homes, as I mentioned before, we train them, so we we need to do this little bit of training, um, and that'll avoid a lot of the uh, resistance um, with nursing homes once we have an opportunity to share with them sort of best practice how they implement it. We talked to the leadership team because everybody gets involved. It's not about just going in and uh, having somebody set up, you know, volunteer a lot of people with uh, the iPod. uh Their director of nursing has to be involved There's nursing issues. Uh, housekeeping so the stuff that get thrown out with the with the linen uh, and uh, the mental health professional so they're aware of it. Um, so a you know, number of people get involved. Uh, typically it's housed uh, with the activities people, uh, the director of therapeutic recreation, um, and um, you know that that would be the, the way to go. And also, what I would when you're introducing it to a nursing home, really people should see the uh, the Henry video and show staff, and that's what people are doing everywhere. Uh, that in, in six minutes uh, really connects people emotionally with the program, and uh, they're interested, and so it uh, it works out really well. And I also have a uh, sort of a Survey results uh, that I could email people from the nursing home and, and what way
0: it's Oh yeah, so it makes complete sense that um, you want continuity in all the devices that you have. I mean, a lot of people have three or four devices in their living room, and they have different remote controls, and and they use them every day. And they're young, and they don't know how to do it. So it makes sense that you know you would want some sort of uh, uniformity within the the devices that you're sending out and you're training people on, so yeah. to avoid that kind of confusion. Well, just,
1: you know, there are other issues with, you know. With Windows Media Player, and correct me if I'm wrong, you really can just do the music. So what's nice is once somebody, uh, an institution sets up iTunes, all of a sudden they've got this media server available to do podcasts and, and TV and movies and iTunes University and apps um, and, and audio books, whereas with Windows Media Player, you're kind of stuck with the music. It's a great opportunity to sort of, um, you know, you're getting more bang for your buck. But this is what happens. People are going to ask for, oh, I want the Bible. Oh, I want the, you know, and even people who don't know what they're hearing with an audio book. Uh, I had somebody who is uh, really, she's 104, and she'd just like to listen to uh, John Grisham's book uh, on tape. And she didn't understand anything. But they, in the nursing home, so they set her up with these uh, books on tape on cassettes cassette players, so it's big you needed two hands to hold them kind of thing but in the middle of the night she would throw them down to the ground and break them so she had a pile of these four cassette players in her room one worked Then they wouldn't get her anymore because all she did was break them so i put it onto, to you know a shuffle i said uh, she could throw them down all she wants and it'll keep playing
0: yeah no that's an excellent point because um like you said once you have i mean we're talking about shuffles uh right now which both you can of course you can do the music and you can do books but you're right. By having iTunes, they absolutely open up this whole world of apps. Um, and if they wanted and were inclined to, they could move up to an iPod Touch or an iPad or something like that, and then have all sorts of other um, technology that they could um, be exposed to. Are you are you working into any? Are you are you thinking of expanding into any other areas like that, or, or are you promoting this concept?
1: No, absolutely. You know, I see the music is the low-hanging fruit. Um, there are um, I mean, I do get donated iPod Touches, I've got some iPhones, and in these nursing homes, just, you know, for instance, veterans, if you have uh, veterans coming home from you know, the Middle East, um, and they're young, and they get the technology, and so they can you know, use this stuff just fine, or other young people who might, might have been injured in a car accident or have uh, MS, so they might be 35 years old, and so um, you know, these other devices are perfect for, for, for young people, all young people in, in these nursing homes. So we are, we do see this is often great potential with tablets and such. Uh, just as uh, young people in special ed or, or uh, young people with autism, um, they're taking advantage of some really, uh, sort of, uh, game-changing apps, uh, in their field. Um, and, uh, we want the same thing to be applied to the other end of the age spectrum, the people in nursing homes, where they're really isolated from the whole, everything going on digitally that, you know, we all are living, uh, they are not because most nursing homes don't have accessible Wi-Fi. And I say accessible because uh, a lot of them are getting Wi-Fi because they're required to by the government for, uh, medical, you know, records, uh, e-records. But they, uh, they're all nervous about letting the guests, uh, anybody on them because of HIPAA requirements and privacy. Um, so that's another issue. So basically and they can have Wi-Fi, but nobody can get it at it, uh, because the uh, people live there. Uh, sometimes that's not the case. I'd love to see sort of a universal database of all nursing homes and which ones have uh, universal access to Wi-Fi and which don't. That would be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's actually not a difficult problem to solve, right? I mean, they could just set up two networks, um, but that's a whole other conversation. (laughs)
1: Yep, no, that's absolutely true.
0: So you've mentioned a few times, um, you know, getting donations. If people wanted to help out, they can donate on your site or, or you have information on, on where they could send, you said old iPods, new iPods, what exactly is it that um, you guys are looking for?
1: I'd say iPods, any any iPod, as long as it's working. Um, okay. people say, oh, I don't have an iPod to donate, I mean, you know, a shuffle, I mean, even if it's just been GameStop, you know, the chain of all the game software stores or whatever, and they, they sell used iPods. They said they had used Shuffle for $19, so if somebody wanted to if you pick one up, for 19 bucks and send it in, that would be just phenomenal. So, you know, just, and if they have an iPod and it's working, that you know, that's
0: what we want. You know, I, I think about my I think about my grandmother uh, who I always thought would be completely tech adverse, and, and I've seen her over the years um, using a. She has a cell phone now, and um, her TV has changed over the years, and she uses cable, and you know, she has. She she's actually grown with the times. I mean, over, she was maybe a little resistant, but she was really able to do it. So anybody who thinks that, that, you know, that this isn't going to work or that it would be too difficult or impossible, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's impossible at all. I think, it's, I think it's fascinating. And I think it's, again, I mean, we've talked about how, how easy it sounds, but it really does sound easy. I guess it's just the follow through, right? Just making sure that the people who, who need a little bit more attention um, and need a, a, some handholding regarding using the technology, um, as long as they have it, it can really, really be effective
1: you're absolutely right I mean it, it does take you know just an, an awareness that it could be uh, you know something that takes sort of a little creativity and and, and attention and uh, sort of a plan uh, but going back to you know what people they can also donate money on on our website um, and they can also run their own iPod donation drive I mean so we have sort of a guide on how to run an iPod donation drive whether it's in a school college um, any religious organization, any you know, community organization, a business corporation. So we have <clears throat> it's a great way to uh um, just, just gather. I mean, you're not asking for any money, which is, you know, a change of pace. And yet uh, just the way over the years they've done this with the cell phones for soldiers and cell phones for victims of domestic violence. We are doing you know, people get that concept. Um and it's just really a matter of um, you know, you can't just put it sort of a newsletter and expect everybody to hand it over. People do assign value to their old iPods, um, and so it really needs to be a personal ask as much as possible with follow-up, because uh, people need to have sort of that iPod at the time, you know, they're going somewhere where it can be accepted. Um, so, um, so it takes uh, sort of a, more of a hands-on effort, but it, it certainly is uh, doable.
0: Um, so Dan, so um, what does the future look like for uh, Music and Memory? What's the, you know, What long-term goals do you have set out right now?
1: A long-term goal is to take what we know works in the nursing homes and make it available to people who are living in assisted living facilities, people who are in hospice care, uh, people who are at home, getting uh, home uh, care of some sort, even people in hospitals who are uh, getting different surgery or, or, or different uh, treatments. I mean, look, when they do, when surgeons uh, operate, the, very often the surgeon has their music going and the uh, the patient has music going also before, to calm them down, during, to help them, and afterwards to help distract them from maybe the post-surgery pain and, and help them, you know, put them in a better mood. Um, so uh, we're really looking to have this be something people think of first uh, when they have a loved one who has Alzheimer's or Parkinson's, or MS, or who's depressed, or who's just lonely, um, and they don't have to be very sick to, to benefit. Just reconnecting people and see what happens. So that's really what we're looking to do.
0: And uh, once again, what is the website for everybody that everybody can go to to find out more about the organization?
1: Sure. Our website is musicandmemorysingular.org. Uh, Musicandmemory.org. Um, and we'd uh, love to uh, respond in every, whatever way we can.
0: Yeah, and everything we've talked about is on that site. Um, at least right now, the videos, um, resources for setting up your own um, uh, music at home, and, and the donate button and, and donating for, uh, the information for donating is there too. Yeah. So I highly recommend that everybody check it out. Um, thank you so much, Dan, for, for coming on the show. Is there anything, uh, final words you want to tell our listeners before we go?
1: Well, I, I'd say this, this whole, everything you're doing on your podcast, I think, is, is really a, a, another whole new world, uh, taking this technology, which has really come a long way, and, and, and making sure that we uh, leverage it and exploit it to the best, you know, as much as we can, to help people and use it, um, just the way we use it for ourselves in so many ways. There's so many ways it can be used for everyone else. And even though our parents and grandparents are, um, maybe uh, may have been, uh, mine, mine certainly have been technology averse, um, it doesn't mean that as things change, we, we can leverage this in ways that, that they will be able to use. You know, they can use their finger uh, on a tablet, whereas they couldn't use a, a mouse in an operating system. That was a, a little more uh, of a struggle. So I'd say definitely think that way, yeah
0: that that's what we're about here uh, how technology can save the world um and i'm highlighting people like you who are doing that very thing so thank you so much dan for coming on the show you can find out more information about him at musicandmemory.org um you can find out more information about us at geek therapy and listen to past episodes at geektherapy.com and you can follow us on twitter at geek therapy thank you again dan
1: great well thank you